Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Talksport Daily. Hello, happy Wednesday, and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's Talksport Daily podcast with me, Andy Goldstein. And look at me, do I look any different? Have a look. Have a look. Have a look. A bit more. Hey, notice anything? No, not that. Not that. That was there yesterday. No Alice Band. Yeah, no Alice Band. No, you don't care. We start the show with breakfast where Ali McQuiss was joined by Jamie O'Hara and the former Chelsea and West Ham striker Colton Cole discussing Man City manager Pep Guardiola. And first up is Jamie O'Hara claiming that with all the money Pep Guardiola spent, he's a very lucky boy to still have a job. Any other manager would probably have got the sack of yeah. spending £400 million on defenders and having a back four that's in disarray like Manchester City's is. I think that the the best signings I think they made was in Benjamin Mendy and Laporte. But the problem is, is they've been really injury prone and mm. picked up some bad injuries. I think they were brilliant signings, but it just hasn't quite got them fit. They've never replaced company. Soon as they, as soon as company left, I said if they don't replace him, they're going to really struggle, and they haven't. They thought they could get away with it, and they <clears> didn't replace him, and it's cost them big time. I'm a massive fan of Pep. I love his style. I love the way he does everything. Right, but this spending has got to stop. I want him to develop these players. He's got the players. He has the players at his disposal. Yeah. Coach him. John Stones, coach him. He needs to still develop. Coach Benjamin Men- Mendy on his positioning. Nathan Ake, you've got Nathan Ake. They coach him. They've got massive potential, these boys. Pep's, he's, he's just a, a person that I think galvanised the team anyway. You want to play for Pep. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah, like, of course. So I just don't understand why he just wants to go out and buy instead of trying to work with what you've got. And I know you haven't got the time, but you're going to have to make it work. You have to. You can't just go and buy a player every time, like, I need to fill in a gap. Oh, that's not working, so I've got to go and buy another player. Now, going into last night's Carabao Cup clash between Spurs and Chelsea on TalkSport, Jose Mourinho left Deli Alley out of the matchday squad. Before the game, the Spurs legend Graham Roberts had his say on TalkSport too, but first, a big claim from Drive Time's Adrian Durham on Deli Alley. I think he is still their best midfielder. When he's on form, he's got to be their best midfielder. As an attacking midfielder, I still think on form, he's one of the very best in the Premier League. And what Jose Mourinho is saying here is that he is not prepared to put the work in to get the very best out of Deli Alley. That's, that's it. Jose wasn't a, a fan of Kevin De Bruyne and Mo Salah. So for me, I think Deli Alley's a, a, 
is a great player. He should start concentrating on his uh, football. I think Deli Ali is a number 10, play behind Harry Kane, and he runs behind Harry Kane forward. So I don't think they're playing him in his best position. Yeah. And if you're Deli Ali, yeah, you want to be out there. But Deli Ali is a number 10. If you go back two, three years, he was scoring 15, 20 goals a season. That's the Deli Alley that we want back. For me, if he could get that nasty streak back in his game and arrogance, I think it's the arrogance bit because he had that in his game and he didn't care about anybody. And if I if I was a manager and I was a coach, I would be on to him saying, get your arrogance back. Get your the way you play and show him videos of two, three years ago. That's what we want, the Deli Alley. Stay with Spurs. This was the fallout on my show. Only goes in sports by Monday to Thursday from 10 p.m. After they played their rivals, bitter rivals, Chelsea in the Carabao Cup, a game that you could have heard live on Talk Sport. And as I'm recording this link, there's 20 minutes to go, and Chelsea are leading by a goal to nil. But I'm going to put my neck on the chopping block and say it was a great night for Spurs because they went through on penalties. It's worked inside the box for Lamella. From time, long diagonal fall from Toby out of around, work back across the edge of the six yard box, and Eric Lamella's there to scoop it in. It's Spurs one, Chelsea one. The resized haunches mounts, put it wide, and it's Tottenham that go through. And Mason Mount is the villain in the penalty shootout. Very proud. Chelsea's Chelsea's the big team, amazing players. They look ordinary team, and they are not, they are a fantastic team. So I think everything was about the spirit of, of my players, the way they play. Tottenham have had two more weeks break or training than we had at the end of the season. And, uh, and that's been a tough challenge at this point. But there's lots of good stuff. And I, I can't be unhappy with a lot of big parts of the performance. Of course, you want to stay in the Carabao Cup. We have a lot more challenges ahead of us in different competitions. So we just have to get on with that fact. Last season, we lost 12 games. I don't care if you didn't have a transfer window. We should never be losing 12 games in one season. West Brom, West Ham, Sheffield United scored three goals against us. These are rubbish teams scoring three goals against us with minimal effort. I just I just don't think he's good enough. I, I don't think he's good enough at all. I don't know how he got the job. First, as promised, we can hear from the Spurs midfielder or defender, Eric Dyer, who after Tottenham's win over Chelsea was asked about his mid-game toilet break. This will be interesting. I don't know if he understood what, what I was doing to begin with. <laughs> I told I told uh, Pierre Hoiberg and Toby as I was going off. I mean, simply put, it's just, yeah, I, I just had <laughs> to go. To go. <laughs> I was, um, yeah, I was struggling with stomach cramps. Yeah, that, I don't know, it's a first for me. Yeah, enjoy enjoy your breakfast wherever you are in the world. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah. that was Eric Dyer. Just a few words between Frank Lampard and Jose Mourinho as well. Might not necessarily be all that good-natured between the two men who've worked with each other so extensively. I think Jose's saying that uh, Lamella just handed him off. Frank uh, disagreed. There's been some heated words, and it's still carrying on down there, Jim. Marina said to Frank, uh, when you're losing 3-0, you're not standing up here. Mm. Uh, I think that was a little dig at um, what was happening at West Brom on Saturday. But I hasten to add Mourinho post-match inevitably asked about it you know, it's all good I think with those two you know, that they've got such a strong relationship from their time together at Chelsea that inevitably during the match things can uh, come to the fore Now Graham Potter has been speaking to TalkSport ahead of Brighton's Carabao Cup tie with Manchester United tonight that's also live on TalkSport he's been telling James Savindra that he's unsure as to whether the new handball will be scrapped this season well I can tell you now it won't be 
We've had changes last season halfway through because of different circumstances. It's a big if. I have no idea what they're... Like I said, I find it a bit strange that we've been playing this game for a long, long time and yet we're still a little bit unsure about the offside rule. We're a little bit unsure about the handball rule. We're a bit sure about un, unsure about other things. So it can't be that difficult to, to, to get the game so that people recognise it. And the sooner that is, the better. And then, like anything, I suppose you have to adapt and adjust to whatever the new situation is. And talking about adapting and adjusting, does that mean you're teaching your players from a defensive point of view to maybe use their body differently from what may be natural to them, what may have been allowed last season? If the ball can go so easily and onto your hand with no intent, then clearly you have to keep the hands out of the way and the arm out of the way. And it's not so simple to do. And we've seen instances over the weekend where you know everybody can see that it's not um, anything deliberate. It's completely innocuous and it's strange as a football person to see. So um, I think we need to probably think about that and refine it. And after Arsenal lost to Liverpool in the Premier League on Monday night, there was still room for optimism from two former Gunners on breakfast. You hear a massive statement about Mikel Arteta from Adrian Clark. That's probably about Mikel Arteta's hair, how just Lego-like it looks. But first up, it's the Gunners legend, Lee Dixon. It's a good reality check because it, it shows them uh, how far they've got to go, how far they've come as well. I think, you know, under Emery, that would have been a thumping. Yeah, they would have come off there. That's what I said. They'd have lost 6-1. Yeah. So there's lots of positives out there. I think they've got, you know, I was a little bit sitting on the fence when Arteta got the job because it was his first job. Uh, was it a, a bit too much for him too early in his in his, in his learning, his learning curve? But I, I tell you what, what he's doing at the club, what he's doing to the players, what he's doing on the training pitch... How they're responding uh, that we're seeing on the pitch. He's turning some of them. He's turned some of them around. Jacka being one of them, um, and and he's got them playing in a way that they all understand. Bamiang, lovely chest control, just inside the penalty area, and a fabulous goal by Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Arsenal have got a coach that that is better than Lampard, that is better than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, that's better than Jose Mourinho right now, the version of Jose now. I wouldn't swap Mikel Arteta for anybody and I don't, any of those guys and I don't think many Arsenal fans would. So what he needs is the squad now to compete with those rivals and, and I think the addition of two midfielders will make a massive difference. Back now to drive, and after the Fulham co-owner, Tony Khan publicly apologised to the fans after their defeat to Aston Villa on Monday night. This was the response of their manager, Scott Parker. That's down to the owner and how he sees it. There's one thing I'm disappointed with, is actually apologising for the performance. That is something what I don't agree. And this was Adrian and Coffey's take on things on drive. With Fulham... You know, they need to obviously sign players and that's not happening. And that proves that they're not learning from the mistakes they made. Now, Tony Khan, the the recruitment last time out was a lot of money splurged, but not on great players. So you haven't got the research right. You haven't got the expertise right to bring in the correct players. So what do you do? What can we say about Fulham? We can say that they get it right when they're in the championship. They get it totally wrong when they get into the Premier League. So just like some players are labelled as, yep, they're very good in the championship and not good enough for the Premier League. Some clubs are like that. Some managers are deemed that way as well. Maybe Tony Khan is good enough to recruit for the championship, but not for the Premier League. So once they get that promotion from the championship, they have to replace him like they would replace a centre-half or they might replace one of the coaching staff or whatever it might be because they need to be competitive in the Premier League. And I know it's difficult... 
Because he's he's related to the owner. Well, they've, they've got they've got a great bloke there, the manager, right? Scott Park. He knows a player. Right? He's been there, he's, he's performed. I think he's done a good job at Fulham because there were better teams that didn't come up than Fulham. We don't know if he's a good enough Premier League manager, though. No, Let's give him a I, chance. But, but he, I'm sure he can spot a player. He knows what he's doing. But he's been a coach at a few clubs and um, doing with the juniors. He knows what he's looking for. Talent identification. Identification. And... When it comes down to it, they should be given a chance to sign the players he wants, who he thinks can improve Fulham as a football team, and give them a chance of surviving. The last thing they want to do, yes, they kept all the players, a lot of the players, didn't they, when they went down last time, but if they go down again, surely, you know what I mean, Aid? Give themselves a chance. Yeah, something's uh, not right. The fans deserve uh, better than that, and I think that the team and the club as a whole deserve better than what's going on at the moment, and I do think that his tweets were designed to keep the fans calm yeah. uh, and to avoid any flack, and I think it's actually worked against him. It's backfired, yeah. and they, all the flack is going Protecting Tony himself, Khan's way. Yeah. Protecting himself. Yeah, absolutely. Staying with Fulham, this is the former Palace owner, Simon Jordan, Katie Price's ex-husband, from White and Jordan. And he believes that Parker needs more football knowledge at ballroom level to help him sustain the club's place in the Premier League. Of course he does. You've got to navigate your way through far better players, far better managers, far better teams, far bigger responsibilities than you've ever had before. And I think it's a big ask of Scott Parker. I don't think, honestly, and I'll make a sweeping statement, there's enough football nows in the background at Fulham to support Scott Parker in his bid to stay in this Premier League. And I think his chairman's son, or his owner's son, coming out and making these sort of statements shows a lack of football nows about the way you operate. Get it done, talk about it afterwards. Newport County boss Michael Flynn has been speaking to TalkSport ahead of their Carabao Cup tie with Newcastle tonight, live on TalkSport 2. Man, we've got all the football, haven't we? Anyway, he's been telling Ian the Moosey Moose Abrahams why clubs in the EFL need to help themselves financially before expecting money from teams in the Premier League. My thoughts are the responsibility has got to be with clubs themselves you know there can't be any reckless spending I think that's why the salary cap was brought in um, all these measures and you know the the Premier League have their own outgoings but because of the the massive TV deal that they've received um, and rightly so it's the best league in the world I feel you know if they can come together and help out the lower league teams then you know that's the football family sticking together you know like I said it's, it's kind of hard if you go and see owners being irresponsible and and you know slinging the money around and then almost thinking it's a divine right to get something off the Premier League, we're we're not like that. We we try and do things the right way. And providing that that's happening, then it, it is a massive massive help out from from the Premier League because you know as we just said then about the crowds not being in, it has affected the businesses of of, of lower leagues who do depend on on the crowds. But if you don't get help from the Premier League then we're going to see real problems down in non-league football and, and EFL in leagues one and two, aren't we? Yeah, we are. You know, I, I think it, it, it's going to hit home hard, you know, with everything that's going on in these unprecedented times. Um, the Premier League, hopefully, are in a position to help us out. And that would be a massive boost, not just for, you know, the, my club, this club here, but for all the, you know, the League Two, the League One clubs who are struggling. Now, Premier League clubs agreed that a points-per-game metric will be used if this season has to be curtailed due to the pandemic. 
curtailed. Who's writing this script? Brian Cox? Anyway, they still need to agree upon a threshold. Great words in this one. Of what will constitute... This, uh, this has been sent out to tender, this one. What will constitute a curtailed season and one that is null and void? Right, who has written this? This is ridiculous. This is, these are not the words of Tom, the producer. Anyway, this is the take of commentator Jim Proudfoot on kickoff with Hugh Wozencroft. No, I fundamentally disagree with it as a principle. I, I think it's, uh, it's very unfair because the fixture list will favour some clubs so much more than others. You talk about the need for a fast star, but there are some clubs, uh, Sheffield United, for instance, you look at the clubs that they've got, they've got four of the top six, last season's top six to come. West Ham, on the immediate horizon. West Ham are on. A- absolutely, the, the start of the season that West Ham have got. Now, clearly... If you got to a stage where you were nine or ten games into the campaign, it would be null and void. There's no doubt about that. But no one looking down at what happened in League One and League Two last season, no one will ever convince me that the sides who went down in League One are the sides that would have gone down had all the games been played. I'm absolutely convinced of that. Nor will anyone convince me that the teams that finished in the playoff positions after points per game were the four that would have ended up there. I just can't see that. I think that it is, you might say it's the best of a bad job, but I think at the very least it should be weighted for your home and away performances, at the very least. And I also think that you should be able to come up with some system that everybody thinks is equitable, looking at the standard of opposition that you have played. If they can come up with Duckworth Lewis to sort cricket (laughs) matches out, they sure sure as hell can sort this out. Because just rudimentary points per game is not fair. Time now to hear from the brilliant Borgs, being Andy Jacobs, on our weekdays from 1pm. Here's Andy talking foxes. I'll start with this story, though. A fox tangled in goal nets at a football club's training ground had to be rescued by the RSPCA. Yeah. Uh, Animal collection officer Matt Hawkins lifted the critter to safety at League One Club at Charlton Athletic. Yeah. And I just can't believe that the fox wasn't on Jim's show. He's so obsessed with Charlton. (laughs) (laughs) Good afternoon. Is that Charlton Athletic? Put me through to Danny Murphy, would you? (laughs) Well, I've told you, Andy, I've had previous of this because uh, in our goal nets in the... Well, we had a goal net in the garden when my kids were very young. Mm. We had two foxes uh, at it, basically, and they got caught in the goal net. Uh, while in that uh, amorous situation, as Glenn would probably call it. <laughs> oh, I see. But um, so it was a double whammy, and it was getting, neither of them could get out. Oh, dear. And uh, I was getting to the stage where I thought the RSPCA might be cool. They were, uh, I wasn't sure what was ecstasy, ecstasy, pain, or discomfort. But anyway. It's, it is hard to tell with the fox. So um, anyway, they managed to work themselves free. But I was, I was actually on the phone at the RSPCA saying, look, they're stuck in the net. They can't get out. So, so I think it's quite a common occurrence. Yeah, really. That's good. Well, it's happened twice. Well, yeah, <laughs> that makes it common. I don't know. It does happen. Here's a good one. Towering football star Peter Crouch has revealed that his four kids are also super tall. That's a surprise, isn't it? <laughs> Two very tall people have got tall children. <laughs> Who would have thought are. it? There really, we are. So, uh, well, oh, yeah, well, I was about to read this letter. Mm. Yeah, this fascinates me, this. Lincoln City put in a memorable performance against Liverpool and never gave up, scoring two excellent goals. They could have had more. They're an example to all the so-called superstars that money doesn't always bring quality. What are you talking about? They lost 7-2. <laughs> of course it brings quality. <laughs> Seven goals worth of quality, you burk. <laughs> Brilliant, 
Nearly time to let you go. Before I do, let me tell you about three. Yeah, three, not one, not two, but three live football matches coming up all in the Carabao Cup tonight on TalkSport. It begins at half past five on TalkSport, so you can hear live comms of Newport against Newcastle. Then at 7.45, you can hear the big one, Brighton against Manchester United, Carabao Cup fourth round again, live on TalkSport. And at the same time, if you want to hear Everton against West Ham, you can hear live comms of that. That's over on TalkSport 2. Uh, that's it. I'll be back tonight with Andy Goldstein Sports Bar from 10pm, taking calls on everything I've just said and a whole lot more. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport daily podcasts out first thing in the morning. Until then, have a good day. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport.